بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Allah Ta'ala has arranged three different realms. One is this life, the second is Jannat, and the third is Jahannam. For every plane is what a different design, a different arrangement, and a different plan. The plane of Jahannam, the fire, is pain and misery through and through. Whether it be the fire, whether it be the people, whether it be the ambience, whether it be the sounds and the noises, whether it be the smell and the filth, so it is pain and pain, misery and misery altogether. Then the second plane that Allah has prepared and arranged is Jannat. And Allah Himself says it, Lahum Daru Salam, in the Rabbihim, Wahuwa Waliyuhum, Bimakanu Ya'amalun. That is a place, it's a plane of peace and peace altogether. Such is the peace of Jannat that you won't even listen to something that is painful or grieving. As the Muslim is about to leave the world, then the malaika are coming and greeting him. Salamun alaykum bima sabartum. Salams upon you. Well done. You have endured, you have tolerated all the challenges of this life. So greetings upon you, greetings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the time that you are leaving and you are getting the malaika complimenting you Madakal Mawt is at the head and he says come towards the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala and the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala so once that has been endorsed then there is no cancellation and then he shrouded in the shroud of Jannat the fragrance of Jannat is made available for him and as he's ascending to the skies, his soul is ascending to the skies, the malaika are complimenting him. What a beautiful soul. Whose soul is this? And then they are remembering him with the best of names. This is Hadi so and so. Don't you know? They are taking him to the first heavens, towards this open up. He's ushered second, third. He's complimented by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. And then the carpet of Jannat is laid for him in his grave. Then the fragrance of Jannat, a door of Jannat is opened. The fragrance, the beautiful sceneries and the carpets, the clothing of Jannat are made all available for him. So now, this is the second phase, Jannat starting from death. So from death, everything is smooth for him. Everything is going very, very well. He won't even listen to anything that is hurtful. Anything painful, anything grieving, anything that is 
not pleasant, he will not listen to it. Just peace right through. Sometimes he's getting the greetings from Allah Ta'ala. Salam qawlam min Rabbir Rahim. Salams from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Himself. Can you think of anything higher? Salams and peace, greetings of peace from Allah Ta'ala Himself. Then as the Jannati is moving around, then at every corner he's got malaika. The malaika are greeting him. Salamun alaykum bima sabartum fa ni'ma uqbaddar. For your endurance, for your preservation, salams upon you. Look at the word, salamun alaykum bima sabartum. Because of your endurance and your perseverance, salams upon you. Then the things of his choice, what he would like. Companions, and companions so beautiful, so well perfumed, that they would make you forget about everything in this world. Their beauty, their fragrance, the ether that they are applying, it's so much, it's out of this world, so attractive that everything is forgotten. Forget everything. They're so captivating. And they're greeting you. From that point, they're greeting you. Everything starts off from that point. But as you're entering into Jannat, and the man has just taken one step into Jannat, and his wives of Jannat, the hoors of Jannat, are there to receive him. And when he sees one of them, he's so enthralled, he's fascinated out of this world, that just the admiration takes years to over to, to, be, to, be, to be to overcome that admiration is taking years and he, has, he hasn't finished this and he hears a beautiful greeting someone is singing from the top and he turns and he sees in that direction there's another hur when he's seeing that one this is forgotten the voice is so good the beauty is so great the excitement the adrenaline is so high Everything is forgotten. So that plane is a plane only for enjoyment, happiness, no problems. Then you get a third plane, and the third plane is the plane of this world. Here it's a combination of happiness, grief, pain, luxury, enjoyment, and adversity. So it's going to be a, a plane, it's a combination of both. The mistake that man has made in this time and age, he has made up his mind that this world must be exclusive of pleasure and comfort. And when he doesn't see things working around like how he wants, and he's grieved, he gets into a depression, despondency, whereas Allah Ta'ala has forewarned you. أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُسِيبًا وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ some difficulties will come to you in this world. You can't escape it. Nobody can escape it. If your life is pleasant and well, then your children aren't right. If your children also are right, then your grandchildren aren't right. If they are also right, then your son-in-law, daughter-in-law is not right. If that is also right, then you got some health. They got or you've got some health problems. If there is no complication, then there is complication in the business. And if all that is right, then you still got a major hurdle. You still have to understand and accept that there is a thing like death. And that death is an end to every type of pleasure. Every type of perceivable pleasure ends with death. Imagine a corpse lying here, right? 
and you got hordes and hordes of money, gold, silver, diamonds, etc., whatever you got. All the wealth of the world. But all that wealth of the world, can it be of any good to this person now? Now that his eyes is closed, that material has it got, can it be of any good to this person? Gone. That means it is of some use until your eyes are open, until you are alive. The moment your eyes are closed, that thing ceases, it terminates. Can't do anything, absolutely. Cars, planes, wealth, whatever. Investments, properties, offshore, inshore. Everything is gone. So it's showing you that man that is there, he's teaching you a lesson. By this life will terminate, will end up. That is permanent. You rather invest for that. Because there is no turning around after that. When you've already seen Jannat now, you've already seen the scenes of hereafter. Then you are saying, Allah Ta'ala, Rabbana, Absarna, Wasami'na, Farji'na, Na'mal Saliha. Allah Ta'ala, now we've seen it. We have seen what is the hereafter all about. Now we're seeing about abode. Allah Ta'ala, just one chance. Farji'na, Na'mal Saliha. Give us one chance that we can go back and just correct ourselves, get our things in order. Kalla, no, never. You can't get a second chance. It's just one chance and last chance. No second chance. So on that line, on that end of the world, what counts is your good works, your good behavior, mannerisms, your good relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You didn't suffer, you didn't break up the relationship with Allah ta'ala at any situation. So this world is going to have a combination of both. There are going to be deaths, there are going to be births. There's going to be marriage, there's going to be divorce. There's going to be enjoyment, there's going to be complications. There's going to be physical problems, there's going to be mental trauma. So nobody can escape. The king of the time and the pop of the time, nobody can escape it. So the right thing is then prepare your mind that this world is a combination of both. And then what do I do? How do I transcend? How do I travel through all these hurdles of this life, impediments of this life, into my jannah? What do I do? So, this verse of the Quran Sharif spells it all. So call your Rabb with humility and softly. When you say call your Rabb, in other words, in any, in any way that you are talking to Allah Ta'ala, whether through dua, whether through zikr, whether through Quran Sharif, whether through namaz, whether through tawaf, whether through umrah, whether through hajj, whichever way you are talking to Allah Ta'ala, whether it's your qurbani, but what's the spirit? What is supposed to be the spirit? You want the support of Allah Ta'ala to navigate the challenges of this life then what is uh, the what is the secret? You want to navigate the challenge of life, get into the hereafter smoothly, with ease, with no stress you want. So what is the key to navigate all this and to get into that abode of security permanent? So, so Allah is saying it in these words. <clears throat> you see, one is the outer looks, the appearance, right? And one is the life and the essence. So there's two different things. One is the appearance and one is the essence. <clears throat> like a home, for example, a marital home, right? 
So one is the, the finishes, the looks, the appearance, the location, the security, everything, everything is in place. But now what makes up the very life of that house? What makes up the spirit, the life and the essence of the house? The thing that makes up that essence and the life of the house is a nice wife, kindness, understanding and love. I ask you, if these elements weren't there, a, kind, a good wife, understanding, love, it wasn't there, where the best finishes, will that house mean anything to you? You've got a wife, but she's cruel, she's hot-tempered, she doesn't listen to you, or she's got her own ways. There's no kindness in the house, there's no understanding, there's no love in the house. I ask you, you, do you call that a house? Yes? It may be the appearance of the house, but that house is bring, supposed to bring you second, the words of the Quran Sharif, was supposed to give you tranquility, peace, calm, and that house cannot offer you this, then we don't call it a house. So exactly the same, this ibadat, the service that we offer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has got a certain spirit, has got a certain life. And you, if you can identify that, then that ibadat of yours, that service of yours, that worship of yours has got life. And if you don't identify, then it's just a routine that you're going through. Coming in the masjid, the Quran Sharif, is just a routine. It's nothing further than a routine. So try and define what is the life. Otherwise, it will be just a routine. So Allah Ta'ala says, The first thing that will bring about the life in your service, in your worship, in your dedication to Allah Ta'ala is the element of humility. So humility all round, humility in your tone, when you're talking to Allah Ta'ala in a humble tone, not shouting to Allah Ta'ala. Tadarwan. Humility in your appearance, you're appearing humble, in a humble manner. Sometimes I tell my friend, provided the person is not biased and prejudiced, provided he's not biased and prejudiced, and <coughs> He's got a clear mind. He wants to learn, right? Allah Pak will teach him. But you mustn't be biased, don't be arrogant. And Allah Pak will show you. you know. He'll teach you from the simplest of things, He will teach you. But then you must keep an open mind, be alert, be alert, don't be negligent, don't be unmindful, and don't be prejudiced, don't be biased. So you got to, you're alert and you're not biased. Now, the smallest of things will teach you. You see a beggar around the corner, right? You can become negative. He's making begging as a profession, not the right thing, all right. Be it as it may, but what is there in, in, for me? There's something that beggar that I can learn. Leave the other side, but see the good that you can learn from him. When he's begging, he's begging with the utmost humility. Boss, Lani, do something for me, please. Look at the appearance. That appearance is too good, it's enthralling. You feel sorry for the person. You are not concerned whether this person is a drug or whatever. But the appearance is the appearance of a hum of humility. Comes, opens out his hands, please, I need something for the child. What happens to your heart for that moment you feel? We don't know if he's speaking a lie or he's genuine, we don't know. But you feel softened and you want to do something for him at that time. He speaks with words of humility. 
He doesn't speak in an arrogant fashion, right? Boss, something, please, man. He won't tell you, boss, give me ten rands, please. You must just speak, give me ten rands. He doesn't speak in an arrogant tone. He speaks in words of humility. His appearance is the appearance of humility, right? The tone of humility doesn't shout at you. So this is the tone that we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala speaks in praise of Zakariya alayhi salam. Is nada rabbahu nida'an khafiya. Look at it, right? You know, this word, <clears throat> I say, is a combination of both. And also added to this is this word is loaded with needs. A man is a conglomeration, is an embodiment of needs. From the time of his birth, right until death, he cannot say, I don't have any needs. You have needs all the time. At the time of birth, you are just a lump of flesh, you can't do anything. The only sabak you know at that time is a sabak of crime. Wah, wah, wah. Anything else? Nothing. Absolutely useless. You can't do anything, you can't say anything, you can't say what's the, your concern. You can't do anything. Right? And that carries on at every moment of your life. You can't say that I'm totally independent. And a friend was telling me, man is gymming, is so healthy, young, strong, very sporty, taking the right diet, etc. He just got up from the table and there he had a blackout, he fell down. And now the same person was so strong, able, capable, gymming, strong, right food is eating. But now, now he's totally dependent on a walk, he can't walk. He needs some one, two persons to come and take care of him. He can't do things for himself. Just now he was fit, he was strong, and he didn't need the world. And now he needs the entire world. So Allah has created us like this. That we are full of needs. So that we learn the lesson of humility. Learn how to humble yourself. So, that humbling yourself. And that humbling yourself is such an important ingredient in our lives. Many times we, we, we disregard it. In your old age again you need someone. And such is the need of man. With death also you need someone. Imagine there's nobody around. What will happen to your corpse? Stinking, stenching, it just left behind. So at birth you need someone. At death you need someone. In between death and birth, you need so many people for, your, for you to function. The poor man gets up in the morning, he needs the support of the wealthy to offer him some work, right? But the wealthy also needs the poor man. Without you, I can't get my business running. So Allah has made it such that one needs the other, one cannot function without the other. We learn the lesson of humility. I am also in need, that person is also in need. I am at a better position today. I mustn't exploit the person that is weaker than me. The weaker also will understand that I mustn't exploit the wealthy. So that is provided he keeps an open mind, like I said, open mind. And you are alert, seeing what's going on. One saint, very saintly person, great buzurg. So he's on his deathbed. And all the creditors are around him. Peace Allah, peace Allah. They're not worried about him dying or living. Their major concern is, oh, Pesah, what happened to the wealth? 
You're owing us, you're owing 100,000, 50,000, 60,000. Where's the wealth gone? In the meanwhile, he's there, says, he's telling them, see, had, had I had the wealth, I would have paid you. I don't have the wealth. In the meanwhile, a young boy is shouting in the street, Mitai, Mitai. One on Mitai is 100 rupees. So he asked them to call that young boy. How many pieces you've got? 20 pieces. How many creditors? Correct, 20 creditors. Give them each one on piece. Now that young boy is asking, pay salaw. The creditors are asking the same thing. And this young child is asking, pay salaw. Bring the money. What's wrong with you? So he's telling the child, had I had the wealth, I would have paid off all these people here. Now he's crying, crying. Say, Mom, Mujhe maregi. my mother is going to cry, is going to hit me. Because she didn't send me out to do charity here. She wants to run the house. And I was supposed to do the business for her. And I'm going to do charity, she's going to hit me, she's crying. Just then, one person came knocking at the door. And what he was owing about 5 million, he brought the exact amount, he said, all right, pay all these people out. Now someone asked, hey, we can't understand what's happening here. Because just now, you were in death, and you wiped that child out also of his mitai. And then someone just comes knocking to the door with the exact amount that you were owing, the outstanding amount, exact amount, and you discharge all your debts. He said, yes. I pleaded to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We were talking of dua, you know. I pleaded to Allah ta'ala. And the answer from Allah ta'ala was, Koi rone wala nahi hai. So nobody is crying. And I needed someone to cry. I must cry seriously. Not crocodile onion tears. Real, real tears he must cry. So that child was crying. And I think just struck, you know. You know, for light, for, for fire, you need a box. And you need a, a stick, right? If you don't have one of these two things, it can't strike. You can't get fire. Or if there is some moistness in the box or in the stick, can you get the fire? So one thing has to be struck onto the other. The elements have to be right to bring about the fire. So you're pleading also, but you're crying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. And now see how, what the response will be. See, just look at the response. So this dua is not just a repetition of words. It is you are pleading to Allah Ta'ala, you are petitioning Him, you are begging Him. At least we can start off from today. Today we start off. How we start off? The simple duas that we are supposed to be reciting, entering the masjid for example, right? So we say, Allah Now, one is you getting into the masjid and you saw a friend, Hey, bye. How's the Umrah? Everything went alright. You did your tawafs. You did the, put out the ihram and did the ten tawafs. So one is to ask him like that. I ask you, will you be doing the dua with the presence of the mind? It's just a routine. But now you're entering the masjid. So just wait. Let me read my dua. Allahumma ftahli abwaaba rahmati. Allah ta'ala, open, please open the gates of your mercy for me. Now just look at the feeling in your heart now. You are relating to your creator. When you're doing it with the presence of mind, then you are relating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, you know, I can't make this thing work. You will make it work. Allah, just open, please open the gates of your mercy. If you open the gates of mercy, koi muskil, muskil nahi. There isn't a problem after that. 
Problems are problems if you aren't around. If you are not in the equation, then it's a problem. But you are with me, you are there with me, you are there for me, then this no problem is a problem. So this simple sunnah du'as that we decide, whether it's at the emptying of the masjid, coming out, right? After namaz, it's not just a repetition of some Arabic words. It is supposed to be begged. You ask Allah Ta'ala, you, you, you plead to Allah Ta'ala, you petition Allah Ta'ala, but in the manner that I've explained. And the third adab is, you ask Allah Ta'ala also with fear, not just randomly. Fear means, you must understand, right? That all belong to Allah Ta'ala. You are not the only servant. Everybody, Allah loves all. Whether he's weak, whether he's strong, whether he's wealthy, poor, Allah loves everybody. So now if someone is making dua, Allah Ta'ala, all the business of Natal must come to me alone. I ask you, are you thinking good for the rest? All the grocery shops, must, everybody must depend on me. Are you thinking right? Not thinking right. Because you're thinking for yourself, you're not thinking for your brother. Allah all the shops must work. Mines must work also, and every shop must work. Now that dua is right. But all the business must come to me. That means you are saying, Allah close everybody down, and I must only survive. Is that the right dua? Not the right dua. So make the dua, make it right. But, the last element in the acceptance of the dua, or our service to Allah is, we have the fear so that we remain within parameters. And the last element is, with longing, with ask him, with longing and with fear. So Zakaria alayhi salam, when he made his dua, right, his dua ended up, وَلَمْ أَكُمْ بِدُعَائِكَ رَبِّ الشَّقِيَّةِ Allah Ta'ala, whenever I asked you, I was never turned down. You ever looked at me, and you looked at me favorably. So when you're repeating this word here, aren't you sort of trying to draw the mercy of Allah Ta'ala? Whenever I asked, Allah Ta'ala, you looked at me favorably. You had a great hope. You have the fear that's in his place, but it didn't make you despondent. You didn't become depressed. You didn't become despaired. You, you long in the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, no matter what the, the, what the past was. But that one tear, that one tear that must come down. The important, I'll just read one hadith and then close this talk. Hazrat Jibreel al-Islam came to Rasulullah Pak sallallahu alayhi wa And around, there was a person that was in tears, crying. So if I always have explained the, the hadith, you see every other action goes a subject to the scales. Scales of deeds, every action is subjected to the scale of deeds. But the tear for the fear, and the love of Allah, the longing, fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so great, is so magnificent, that just one drop is enough to put off the entire fire of Jannah. That means the scale can't take just that tear, but the tear mustn't be, I say, crocodile or onion tears, it must be real tears. That Allah, you the doer, you can make it happen, make this happen. Allah, the grant us all to fear.